while someone was pouring salt uh, under my foreskin and giving my willy a Chinese burn. Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse, the podcast that has no reason to exist except as an excuse for me and Jimmy to hang out without actually admitting we're friends. Here we are, halfway through series two, despite, well, season one, and this episode, we're just like a couple of flat earthers, because we've got nothing to fear except fear itself. (laughs) Thank you. That's right, today we are talking about the 1998 film The Sphere. But no man can review a film on his own. That would be madness. So there are two of us, Jimmy and myself, Joey, are crammed into our tiny sub and are ready to take the plunge. How are you feeling about this one, Jimmy? Yeah, I don't like... I don't like depths. No. So I'm not happy about being in this tiny sub. I like a foot-long sub yeah. with meatballs and marinara sauce. Okay. That's the only sub that I want to get into. Yes. Could you? Oh, you mean get I into it and get into eating it, not not get into it. Yeah, get into eating it yeah. or put my willy in it. Uh, yeah. Well, you could put a willy in about like a tenth of it. Hmm. <laughs> At a time. Delicious. <laughs> right. But that's why I'm banned from Subway anyway. That's another story. Did you feel claustrophobic when they were... Not really. I just felt down. a bit bored. Yes. Had you seen this <laughs> film before you'd picked it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've now seen it probably about five or six times. Wow. This is a two-hour film. You've got 12 hours of your life gone there. I think, yeah, I think it runs at like two hours, 14 minutes. Oh. So, Well. It's been a mistake every time. Yeah, well, watching this film and knowing that you had purposely chosen for me to watch this film as well did make me question you as a person. Yeah, but sometimes you've got to. Like, we can't just watch bangers. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. It'd be boring if we uh, always watched good films or reviewed good films. That's what that. Yeah, that's what they said to me when I got kicked out of the the ladies' changing rooms at at the swimming pool. Stop it. You can't always be watching these bangers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that implying that sometimes they're okay with you being there, just not all the time? Yeah, just not all the time. Just not during school hours. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Right, not even started booze reviews yet. Okay. So, shall we do booze reviews? Yeah. I'll go first this time, because you went first last time. Yeah, I like how we take things in turns, just naturally. We didn't even discuss it just happens well, it's just we're, natural we're very de- democratic people yeah absolutely so i've gone with my uh it's my all-time favorite cider i've got i couldn't drink another wagwan bomb 
Okay. Or go for anything weird like that because I was that was just off my tits. Yeah. I don't know where that weekend went. <laughs> wow. So I've got yeah, it just carried on. It just snowballed. I was say, we anyway, recorded on so, a Friday, so was that was that carrying on all weekend? Yeah, and then I just woke up Monday morning feeling like shit and went, "What the fuck happened here?" <laughs> it was it was horrible. So I'm going with my yeah, one of my favourites, which is Scrumpy Jack. <laughs> wow, cider in a can, six percent is absolutely delightful. Um. It does say please enjoy responsibly. I won't be doing that. I'll be doing it irresponsibly, yeah. obviously. I don't know why they put um, that it, on a can. No one with bad intentions ever reads the warning and goes, oh, fair enough. No. Um, it's crafted using uh, 100 something locally grown British apples, such as Dabonet and Chisel Jersey, uh, producing a lovely, superior tasting crisp cider with a rich, fruity aroma. Uh, enjoy chilled. I don't like it chilled. I like it lukewarm, room temp. So it doesn't have a serving suggestion on the can. Normally it says, like, enjoy with a filthy little plowman's or something. Yeah. I like to uh, drink it on my own. And I'm going to pour mine into this receptacle. <gasps> a butterbeer mug. <laughs> yeah, it feels almost sacrilege. Exactly the same as mine. Well, yeah, funny that. I think we got him from the same place, didn't we? Yeah. Nicked him off so. Harry Potter and his mates. Decked yeah. him. <laughs> Nicked him. Ah, uh, nerds. <laughs> Fucking nerds. By the time they had their wands out, we had them in headlocks. With our wands out. Yeah. our pants. Yeah. You weren't allowed back in Hogwarts either, were you, after that? No, I'm out. I'm out of Hogwarts. I've started my own. It's called Cockwarts. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... Just drinking down the old fluffy hat. <laughs> the old what? fluffy hat. Is, uh, yeah. is that a euphemism? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. what are you drinking, sir? I've got. So, the last two episodes, I've had a couple of pretty large drinks for my brews reviews choice uh, a big bottle of wine, then a large Desperados. To mix it up a bit, I've gone small this time <laughs> with the smallest drink ever. A pre-mixed cocktail in a can. Oh, that's tiny. Oh, it's a strawberry daiquiri. It's tiny. It is tiny. It is a strawberry daiquiri. And because it's tiny... Oh, here we go. I've got six. (laughs) Yeah, good shout. Everyone has a different flavour. Nice. So I've got these cans. Uh, They're only 250 mils. I've got strawberry daiquiri. I've got a passion fruit martini. Nice. I've got vodka and cranberry. Nice. I've got pineapple with rum and stuff. Basically a pina colada. Ooh. I've no. got a mixed berry mojito. Sounds good. And a Malibu and Coke, which for some reason needs to be pre-mixed in a can. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was... Jack uh, and Daniel's pre-mixed. Let's just say it was three for a fiver, so I thought, well, I may as well get six instead of... Yeah, yeah that's good. And you served it up on a on a toilet lid. Tray. Which... It's like a toilet oh, lid. tray. No, it's just a plastic <laughs> tray. And my toilet lid tray. You gotta upcycle these things, Jimmy, when you've uh, when you've finished shitting, use it for bitting. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. That's what I've always said anyway. So uh, what shall I go for first? Because uh I've got six, each is a different flavour. I'm gonna be drinking all of them tonight on the 
well, we record this, and I, I'll give a quick review of each after I've tried each one throughout the episode. Oh, okay, nice. So I say kick off with the old uh, strawberry dack. All right, strawberry daiquiri. Oh, this is a uh, from a company called All Shook Up. Uh-huh. I'm guessing it's an Elvis Presley. Uh... You don't want to shake it up though, because fizzy. So that's a terrible name. So first... Well, yeah. Do you give it a quick wobble? No, I'm not giving it a quick wobble because I'll spray my face. As the nun said to the bishop. <laughs> Ready to drink premium cocktail. 4% so not very strong. And uh, yeah, I'm going to guess the ingredients are a nightmare. Contains 4% fruit juice from concentrate. So that's a small percentage and from concentrate. Uh, I'm just going to taste it. It doesn't have ingredients list, so that's a good sign. Yeah, get it down. Strawberry and lime juice, by the way. Okay. We've all heard you like premium cock tails. Wow. <laughs> this has been a very an episode with a lot of lewd content so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only gonna get worse. Or better. Depends on which side of the coin you're on. That's um that's not very nice. <laughs> no? No, <laughs> never mind. It tastes okay to start off with, you know, it's got a very synthetic, sugary aftertaste. Oh, yeah, probably. Still not going to waste it. Right. Yeah, That's, that's my booze reviews. Well, I think I've won that. I don't think you have. <laughs> no, I don't, actually. I don't, actually. I was sitting here and I was going, <laughs> I was drinking that, and I think, oh, actually, I think Joe's won. And I don't know why I said, I think I've won that, because I think you have. Yeah. Although I would, my, might even prefer a Scrumpy Jacks. We'll find out when I get through through these. See how good they are. Yeah, fair enough. Shoot some film facts. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, film facts. Yeah. Um, oh, this ad... Oh, so it's it's a book written by the dude who uh, wrote Jurassic Park. Yeah. How are you pronouncing his surname? Crichton? Crichton? Uh, Crick- Crichton. Okay, fair enough. I think. Uh, and his first name is Michael. Now, Jurassic Park's a banger, and he also did Lost World. So two bangers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Red Jurassic Park. We all know how good the film is. Yeah. Was the book good? Book was good. Yeah, book's really good. Thick. Yeah. Like a thick book. Okay. Uh, I read it a long time ago as well. Um, I've not read this book, but I have watched this film. And I feel like I'd rather watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, rather than the sphere. Yes. But actually, I think I'd rather watch Jurassic Park while someone was pouring salt uh, under my foreskin and giving my willy a Chinese burn. Wow. And maybe like just squirting vinegar in my eyes. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I thought you were going to like this film. I was ready for an argument. I thought we were going to have a bit of like a... A contradiction of opinions. No, not at all. Sometimes I told you. Sometimes we're not here just to do the 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 big ones. We're here to do the ones that think they're big ones but have really flopped. Yeah. Do you know how much this film, the budget was? Uh, I saw it, but you tell me. I can't remember. Eighty million dollars. That's how much it cost. That- that was the estimated budget they oh, had on this film. How much did it make? 
it made uh opening weekend it made 14 mil Ooh, that's not point good. and a half mil that's not good and then it grossed worldwide are you ready for this yeah just over 37 mil really yeah so it's done absolutely shit it's a flop wow that is pretty bad absolutely terrible now are you ready for me to walk you through it the gist of it well i'll walk you through it yes do you want do you want to have a little sip i'll yeah. have a little sip or have you got a little have you got a little fact or no no, no i just I, well only on with the budget i know it went through issues with budget and a shit script being rewritten to be a little bit less shit but still pretty wank um okay what are you saying i fudged the numbers no why I don't know. You're like, oh, hold on. Shall I get my calculator out here? He's, he sounds like he's wrong. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying it had some budget issues is what I saw because uh, they kept oh. running over. That is what I meant. They kept running over budget I... and being told, Honestly, stop it. Yeah. What do you think they'd done with it, though? I don't know. It was nominated oh, for three that... awards. Did you see? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll tell you where the budget went. And it's... Uh four actors that are in it that's yeah. probably where a lot of that money went four actors calling it in 100 <laughs> percent. that is where most of the budget went so it was, was before it was nominated for one good award and that was for the score okay, okay. and it was uh, so that's uh international film music critics award and it was also nominated for two stinkers bad movie awards whatever that is <laughs> and unfortunately, it self-explanatory. Was... <laughs> yeah, but it's a weird thing. Anyway, Sharon Stone received both those nominations. One is utter bullshit, and the other we'll talk about throughout like, later in the episode. But the, the, the bullshit nomination is the worst on-screen hairstyle. <gasps> okay. So I would like to point out that in this film, she stars next to Dustin Hoffman, who looks like he just fell out of bed onto set in every shot. <laughs> so. <sighs> Hundred percent. I'm Mental. sure we'll get to that. Anyway, her other other nomination was for worst actress, but we'll talk about that later because um, you've got to, as you said, walk me through it. Well, I'll talk you through this film, and I um, we're down a pub. Uh, I'm going to show you this film that I watched last night. Right, it's called The Sphere. So a group of specialists consisted of an astrophysic astrophysicist, uh, played by Liv Schreiber. Biochemist Sharon Stone, mathematician Sam L. Jackson, and a physicist—no, sorry, that's just ridiculous—a uh, psychiatrist played by Dustin Hoffman are summoned to the middle of the Pacific Ocean under the guise that they are there to investigate a plane crash. Oh no, Dustin, my friend! In fact, it turns out there's a bloody great big alien spacecraft parked up nicely at the bottom of the sea under 300 years worth of coral growth. Wow! Right, I know, isn't it? Thanks to a half-made-up document about an alien invasion written by Dustin Hoffman's character, Dr. Norman Goodman, they have been selected as first contact group to greet these motherfucking aliens. So you did the... Half of the... <laughs> half of the group discover a computer system and it appears that the craft, not actually alien at all, but human, has travelled from 2043, been sucked into a black hole and ended up 300 years in the past from the group's present time. Make sense? Oh, perfect. Yeah, I thought it did. Anyway, 
Deep within the ship, they discover a huge, perfectly spherical sphere that appears to only reflect what it chooses what it chooses to, which is quite odd. The mathematician goes off on one and enters the sphere. What follows is a very confusing series of attacks by large sea creatures, ultimately leading to the deaths of a few of the team. Turns out they all went into the sphere and were all manifesting these strange, deadly scenarios from which bestowed them. As the craft explodes into nothing at the bottom of the sea, Dustin, Shazza and Sam Jackson make it back to the surface where they decide to keep the underwater events to themselves. Hence, why the craft from the future had no warning about the black hole from the present so they ended up in the past. The sphere is then seen flying from the water towards space where it will be eventually discovered again in the future by the ship at the bottom of the sea that crashed in the past and is found in the future. Turning it to the, the past end. again. Yeah. Well, perfect sense. Sounds like a pretty simple story that would translate well to screen. I fucking love that story. It's yeah. great. They fucked up. Yeah. Some more fucked up. It's a bit interstellary. I know it was before Interstellar, but Interstellar's got that kind of. You have to. Anyway, I don't need to talk about Interstellar. There's a there's a dude. There's stuff happening to the dude and his family. Turns out the stuff happening is happening because he's in a black hole in the future doing it to the past. Sexual. It is pretty good. But this has got... Interstellar was made better than this. <laughs> first first of all, next point I want to make. One cocktail down. Nice. Anyway, I I did a poo before this and I made it better than this film. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you reenact it? No, it's crashing into the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And then later I'm going to do it when it's flying back out of the sea. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be gross. That's the type of thing I don't want to see reversed. Right, what flavour is this now? Is it? I'm going to look because it's very fuzzy on the screen. I'm going to say it's passion fruit. Vodka and cranberry. Ah. Vodka and cranberry. Cranberry. That's a type of French hat. And vodka's Russian. So we're going for kind of Franco-Russian drink, I guess. Yeah, nice. Don't know what else that could possibly mean. Anyway, that film sounds sounds good, Jimmy. Cool. I think I'll go watch it, and I'll, I'll come back in one sec and tell you what I thought. Alright. Fuck me, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Alright. Okay. I, I, you know what? I, I, If you told me that in the pub, I'd probably watch it. Yeah. Even yeah, I would as well. The way I explained that, I think I would. Yeah, but... and then I'd be like, well, that's, I've got to go see what this is on about because that sounds absolutely insane. But also right up my alley. So, disappointing. Very... Yeah, poor delivery, I think. Yeah. Right, should we uh, go over to Frights and Delights? Yes. Frights and Delights. Oi, do you know what they call... Frights and delights in America. What? Motherfucking frights and motherfucking delights. <laughs> oh, okay. So in our American reboot that we do when we're a few years past it and need some more cash, that's what this section will be called. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do my rundown of frights and delights then. But first, I didn't tell you what this vodka cranberry was like. Oh, okay. I'm guessing... Just dribbled it all down my top. Sexual. Go on. 
that's better than the last one. That's well, you're doing him like you're doing him like three sips, which is nice. Yeah, that was um, it tastes better that one. So Smirnoff vodka and cranberries beating whatever the hell the last one was. I said anyway, frights and delights. So old Sammy J was working on this film during the weekdays and was working on another film at the weekends. I'm guessing because he knew this one was turning out a bit shit. <laughs> and the other film he was working on was called Jackie Brown. Nice. And those characters were very different to each other. So I wonder if he had trouble jumping from one straight to another because I would have liked to have seen some of Ordell, his character in Jackie Brown, in the sphere. It would have added a bit of spark to it because Sammy J was boring in this. In sphere. I don't. I don't know. I think he was. It was. He was the better one out of everyone. Still boring. Anyway, that's a. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a delight that he was. It's just a nice little fact that he was working on a very famous film at the weekend while working on this dog shit in the week. Yeah, I've that, that's fucking deja vu. That I've heard that before. Uh, number two. The critics were not the only ones that didn't like how this film turned out. Dustin Hoffman himself was not happy with it. He thought it needed more time to be perfected, but they didn't have that time, despite having a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I added that last bit, by the way. Uh, this uh, led to what he thought was an incomplete project. Which it was. I get that. So that's yeah. a fright, because your lead shouldn't be really saying that about a film. No. Number three. Warner Brothers had previously made another film that was also set in a water world called Waterworld. Fucking classic. Yeah, I love that film. It's a great film. Anyway, they filmed a lot of Waterworld actually outside on the goddamn sea. You know, that famously tame, easy to predict ocean. Anyway, that cost them an absolute eye-watering fuck-ton to do. So they filmed the sphere in large water tanks in warehouses instead. Doing this saved them about $20 million, and they still didn't make any money. Fucking hell. Yeah. I think Waterworld, though, like, when you watch it and you look at it, and it's filmed out at sea. It's good. Yeah. Really you, know good. It's, you know it's out at sea. That's what you want. God, imagine that. If they did that at sea... That's a hundred, hundred mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, why would filming at sea ever really be an option? This has just occurred to me. When they're meant to be that deep underwater, what, what were they going to do? Build a base underwater? Point. Yeah, which that's going to cost even more money. Oh, so that's probably, uh, that's probably why they did it. Yeah. Right, well, you can choose to ignore that last fact if you like. <laughs> nah, bollocks. <laughs> it's good. Uh... Dustin Hoffman. This is number four. I feel like I'm doing a countdown. Yeah, but I like countdown. Up. I'll do the numbers the other way in future then, then you get a countdown, count don't you? Because I'm doing a count up now. Hey, right, number four. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Hoffman <laughs> suffered a head injury. While he was about to be drowned in the lab by the lady with the award-winningly bad haircut, uh, he dove down to retrieve an oxygen supply and hit his head on a table. This was not part of the film, and the blood... Is genuine Hoffman head juice. Yes, this is literally one of the best parts of the film. <laughs> Watching Dustin Hoffman do a uh, a wrestling move onto a table through water. Oh, it, but it was it's great because you can 
genuinely, genuinely see that it was not meant to happen. And he genuinely bangs his head on the table. And I thought that's fucking great. He has actually banged his head there. And then when you go and look in this, oh yeah, no, he fucking banged his head. Did you think he'd gone method when you watched it? <laughs> no, I just thought no. But I like I'd never noticed it really before. And when I watched this yesterday, and I watched that bit, and I was like, oh, I bet he banged his head there. <laughs> it looked like he really banged his head. Well, well, I have this down as a fright, but your like ecstatic reaction makes me want to change it to a delight. So I like it. I think it's good. That's a delight then. I think more people should injure themselves, not fatally, but in films. Yeah. Number five, or one, if we're doing a countdown. Adam Greenberg was not very complimentary about Sharon Stone on set. And he's a cinematographer, by the way. Right. So allegedly, she was very demanding about camera angles and lighting, stating she should not be shot from below. She should mostly be filmed on her good side and the lighting should be complimentary. He said something along the lines of, the crew is supposed to be a thousand feet underwater with no power and that would be what determines the lighting camera, lighting and camera angles, not what makes you look glamorous. So, Point. But I'm putting an allegedly on that because Sharon Stone seems to get some shit from, uh, from this film. I, I mean, it wasn't great acting from anyone, but... Why her? Uh, um, so I, yeah, that that's what he said. Okay. Well, you know, I think she, I think she'd be quite sound, but you know, if you throw enough shit, some of it sticks, doesn't it? Yeah, and I quite like her haircut. I I like the haircut. It's good for the time. She's alright. I mean, there's an underlying weird thing with her and Dustin Hoffman in I, the characters. I but... could not figure out that relationship between them or not. Oh, it's disgusting. I couldn't tell whether they were meant to be together in the past or what. And Oh, so you didn't pick up on this bit? No, what? So he was a professor at a university. Yeah. She was his student. Uh... He was banging her, but he's married. Okay. And then he, he sacked her off and said, oh, I'm married. He's yeah. banging this young girl, yeah. student. And then she went off to commit suicide because she really liked him. But it was actually his fault. No, I did not pick up on that. I don't think that was made very clear. That's that's the underlying bit of their relationship. So I knew that he he seemed to be like holding the fact she'd tried to kill herself over her for a bit, which was very odd. Yeah, but basically because he went back to his wife. Wow. No, I didn't pick up on that. Well, there you go. Dirty. Wow. It's a dirty, dirty. Anyway, they're my five frights and delight facts, Jimmy. I lovely. I'm adding a, a sixth or a zero if we're counting down still of uh, okay. the the fright of the uh, college professor sexually taking advantage of a student and causing hundred percent um, a suicide attempt. Yeah, and then still having the uh, audacity to act like the big man. Yeah. Who was telling her she was going crazy. Yeah. Wow, I hate this film even more now, Jimmy. I didn't think I could, but you pushed me there. Yeah. Look at you there with your butterbeer mug. Like an alcoholic Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Harry Potter. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Right, should we move on? Yeah, I'm bringing the beeps back, by the way. You're bringing the meeps back? The beeps. The beeps. I think the beeps for the swear words are funny. I'm bringing them back. Oh, Just okay. letting everyone know. Well, okay. People listening all, oh. already know, because there's probably been a few already. Right. <laughs> Swat. Might leave that in. Just fuck to fuck you over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me have a bit of me cut inside. <laughs> just gonna make you work for it now. <laughs> I literally just about to ask if I should have said anything. No, you shouldn't have said a fucking word, boy. Go on, get it down, ya. Big gulp. It's quite nice one. A bit taut. Taut a word? Bit... Taut is a word, yeah. A bit taut. I think it's a bit taut. Yeah, a bit taut. Right, have you done the jingle for this bit or no? Nah. <laughs> nah, fuck it. Let's bollocks. just do what they do on Radio 4, which is start every hour with six words of fuck, but beeped okay. out. Because they oh, do like right. a fuck. I think that's what they do. Okay. Right? Is that what they do? Yeah, I think so. Right, so I'll, I'll take it away. So I was going to try and look for things that were weirdly found under the water, but everything's pretty fucking boring. So I've gone for weird water deaths. Uh, so in 2009, an Ohio woman in her 30s was sentenced to four years in prison for forcing her 73-year-old husband to swim continuous laps in their apartment community pool until he had a heart attack and died. Mm. Security cameras captured the number of times the man's wife blocked him from leaving the pool and prodded him to keep moving. <laughs> Despite allegedly having knowledge of her husband's severe heart condition... Without an audio record of the fatal swim and the verbal exchanges during the incident, however, the wife was charged with reckless homicide rather than first-degree murder. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? Just literally prodding him to swim until he died. <laughs> and he tries to get out. And he push- she pushes him back in. When- Keep going. When was this? 2009, so literally like 10 years ago. I'm only asking because they say tragedy plus time equals comedy, and I want to know how long it was ago for you to find it. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like 12 years ago, isn't it? There must be a a time plus tragedy scale where something can finally be funny. I think so. Anyway, number two. I like a number number game as well. They made a film out of this one, if you can guess it. Americans Tom and Eileen Lonergan. We're on an adventurous couple. We're an adventurous couple, traveling the world, serving in the Peace Corps, and finally sharing a scenic dive with a charter tour in the Great Barrier Reef of off Australia. Sadly, the pair was dropped off at their ocean dive site, but was never picked up. By the time the charter crew discovered their remaining gear on board and noted they had missed a headcount, the couple were long gone. Their bodies were never found, although some clothing and items believed to be theirs washed ashore. The Lonergans didn't make it back to shore. They were never discovered. Oh. What film they, was they that? They were eaten then? alive. It sounds like a crap film. Oh, it's called Open Water, and it's a very, very good film. Oh, okay. It's in the same sort of theme as what we were doing. Should have done that instead of the fucking sphere. But it's too sharky. Already went sharky with the first one. I went a bit George with this one. <laughs> nice. 
I love that Thanks. niche comment that no one else is going to get unless they were watching children's cartoons for three specific years in the 90s. Uh, I got a Cantown, Cantown, Cantu down. <laughs> Go on then, boss number three. Uh, next one in the line is uh, the Malibu uh, White Rum and Cola. Did you give that one? What? Yeah, Malibu and Coke. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you should work for, like, drink companies. There we go. Smells like Malibu and Coke. Well, it smells right. like living with Nat. We drank a lot of Malibu when I lived with Nat. Fuck me, she still does now. It stinks in here like fucking Caribbean. That's quite nice, actually. Okay, really, lovely. Really, fizzy. Anyway, sorry. That'll be the Coke. Right, in 2011, two... American couples started an adventure of their own with a yacht and a plan to sail around the world together. Their plans were thwarted by a band of pirates who overtook their vessel off the coast of Somalia. All four of the adventurers were killed despite attempts by the United States military to negotiate with the pirates. Piracy on the high seas is increasing and in a chilling statement, the pirate leader in this fatal attack was quoted as saying, I lost money. I had invested, and my comrades, no forgiveness for the Americans. Revenge. Our business will go on. So he lost money because he's captured these people, and he wants America to pay for him. America didn't pay for him, so they killed him. And he's lost out there. His pirate accent was shit as well, by the sounds of it. It didn't sound anything like. Well, they're from Africa, so I didn't want to do the accent. Yeah, that's probably a good call. (laughs) Probably a good call. In fairness. Excellent. Well, I don't like. Uh, I my favourite story for so far is probably the old woman with the prodding stick. Wow, you're about to get. Well, no, actually, this one this one cuts deep, and I'm still not over it. And I'm sure you're not. I'm sure the whole world's not over this story. This water based aquatic nightmare. <laughs> okay. I'm intrigued. Right, only seven. What? I'm intrigued. Wow. Well, you have you got a box of tissues ready? Yeah, but not for this. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to crinkle all that off and uh, <laughs> crunch them up like tissue paper, right? Only 17 people have been killed by stingrays since 1890, and among those was the hugely popular TV personality and animal lover Steve Irwin, known as the Crocodile Hunter. At just 44 years old, Steve Irwin was pierced in the chest by the lash of a stingray tail while filming an aquatic segment in 2006. The tragic death was caught on tape. After years of bothering alligators and risking his life in bold adventures, his untimely end came in a most unusual way while standing in shallow water. I do remember that. It was crazy. People started attacking it... stingrays in revenge. What's with that? Yeah, fuck the stingray. Fuck them. Oh, okay, so you would have attacked the stingray as well. Yeah, oh. I'm going out there and I'm punching fucking stingrays. They took fucking Steve Irwin from us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know his death was taped. Yeah. Was he doing a, they were was filming. He doing a bit? For a... Yeah. yeah. They were filming the part of the show. Deal. Well, that's nice, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to be in tears. Steve Irwin. 
his son is exactly like him, by the way. Yeah, I know. I watched a lot of his videos as well. Very good. Oh, is he actually doing quite a lot? How old is his son? Yeah. Now? I don't know, like fucking 20 something. Yeah, he'll be big. Nature broke. There's, any... There's no stingrays left. <laughs> oh. Which is good. <laughs> they should have him Which is hunting good. them down as revenge. Yeah, maybe. His father. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That would be great. That would make a good film. But there is a good clip of Steve Irwin like holding his, holding that boy while he's feeding that crocodile alligator that jumps up and he's just holding him. Bloody do you remember yeah. that? No, I do not remember that. Oh, that's good. He's just holding him and he's feeding the, the alligator and it, it's jumping up and everyone was like, why are you letting this alligator jump up while you're holding this small baby? It's like Steve Irwin knows what he's doing. He's going to fucking punch the shit out of the crocodile if he gets punched. <laughs> It sounds like when Michael Jackson hung his child over a balcony. No, completely like, uh, different. Any... That's just Michael Jackson's fucking wacko. Wack- <laughs> Sorry. I might beep, right. beep that to make it sound like you said wacko. Do it. Yeah. Okay, so after that, what I thought was fucking heart-wrenching, but apparently wasn't for some in the vicinity. It was at this point in the episode that Jimmy's microphone stopped working and seemed to switch to his laptop's microphone. By the sounds of it, his laptop's microphone was made in the late 1800s using the famous tin, can, and string method. We apologize for the incompetence and they shall be forced to spank themselves silly as punishment. Now, on with the show. Although I don't see the point myself. They are a couple of cu- Okay, well, I've got a little, I've got a little light one just to finish it off, actually. I know how we like to end on a light note. Uh, In 2007, Jennifer Strange, great name, a young wife and mother of three, took part in a radio station contest in California to win a new Nintendo gaming system for her family. Uh, It was called the Hold Your Wii for a Wii competition. For a Wii? Yeah. Oh, a Nintendo Wii. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it was oh, called yeah. Hold Your Wee for a Wee competition, and it had contestants drink as much water as possible without urinating. And the last person holding water would win. Sadly, as a handful of sports enthusiasts and marathon runners have found out over the years, drinking too much water is actually fatal. Water intoxication or overhydration leads to cerebral edema, a swelling in the brain that can be fatal. Now, during the water drinking contest, radio show listeners even called in to warn the show's hosts and producers about the risk of water intoxication. But the show and the competition went on. Strange won second place and went home only to die hours later. Her family later won a wrongful death lawsuit of $16.5 million. Wow. To be fair, she only expected to win a Wii. She did. What did she get for second place? Death. Yeah, and $16.5 million inheritance for your family. Well, yeah, but hold on a minute. Who was first place? Surely they're dead as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's a good point. So no one's uh, got a Wii, or Wii. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
honestly, I, I wouldn't even fucking, I wouldn't even piss on a Wii. I wouldn't even piss on a Nintendo Wii. I wouldn't even take a shit on it. And you said a minute ago that I had, whatever you said, no empathy. I don't remember that. Um, for Steve uh, Irwin dying. Oh, yeah, Steve yeah. Irwin, yeah. And now you're telling me you don't like the Nintendo Wii? No, shit. It's absolute bullshit. Well, I think we're going to have to just call it even on that. I wouldn't go out of my way to chuck it over a bridge. That's wow. shit. Well, That's what I'm saying. Okay. Put it out there. It's no N64, is it? We've both learnt things about each other this evening, Jimmy, that we'd rather not have known. <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. Stop making <gasps> fat kids do exercise. <laughs> just let us sit in game that's all we want to do I don't want to fucking run about I've never heard a better argument <laughs> stop making <laughs> fat kids do exercise <laughs> you're like the anti-Jamie Oliver <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the cam three's down beautiful and it looks sexual right should we move on yeah what's next Matter, uh, Master of the It is Master of the Macabre, but first you need to pick my drink, because I'm running out of time. We're over halfway through the episode, and I've got half the drinks left. So am I going Passion Fruit Martini, Mixed Berry Mojito, or Malibu? Oh, fuck it. Do the Mixed Berry. Mixed Berry Mojito. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's a very nice It's very sweet. It's very weird. Don't like it. Oh, right, that's... nice. Wash. Right. On that, let's uh, mosey on over to the... It's got a weird minty taste to it. That's mojito though, isn't it? So it will do. That's mojito. Yeah. <laughs> mosey on over to the master of the macabre. Master of the macabre. Welcome to the master of the macabre, where we figure out if someone, anyone in this film was worth the money they got paid or... They were all just manifesting some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, very good, yeah. we got to sift through the river of shit to try and find a little bit of shining gold. Nice. Um, how many have you got? I've only got one. <laughs> i got two. Oh, okay, go on. Let's see your, let's see your two. It... Let's see your runner-up first. Full cards on the table. I don't care about either of these. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So, um, I picked Sharon Stone. Yeah, smoking. Because I think she was better than anyone else, and I think she got some shit. I think part of the shit you got, she got from this role was part of the whole 90s tabloid shit on, you know, pick someone and just shit on them until they break. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. And I don't think she deserved that in this film. I think everyone was shit, and she got more shit for it. So this is me giving her something back. My other pick is someone whose name I cannot pronounce. Oh, okay. He played Ted. His name is Leave or Liev, Schreiber or Schreiber. And he yeah. was the yeah, guy yeah, yeah, from yeah. Scream 1 and 2. Uh, Sabertooth. What? Sabertooth. Oh, from Wolverine, yes. And he was in Goon. I think we just call him Sabretooth because I think that's the best thing he's ever in. Okay, so Sabretooth or Sharon Stone? Who did you pick? 
neither of them. Obviously, I picked Samuel motherfucking Jackson. Yeah, he didn't even say motherfucker in this film, though. No, he didn't, but he had some great fucking lines. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he had some good lines. He had some good lines. Can't think of them off the top of the head, but they're in there. They're deep. I thought he was good in it. The lines I can remember, I didn't think he was good in it. The lines I can remember are, have you ever read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? And I'm reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And have you seen my overly forced metaphor for everything that's happening in this film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? And then he got knocked out. Then he woke up again. Yeah. Acted overly happy. Ate some bad uh, squid. No, he doesn't like squid. That was the thing. Yeah. Uh, usually we have some crossover here, and we don't right now. No, we don't. We're, we... We're, we're stuck at a stalemate. What do we do here? Flip, flip a uh, I don't know. Because there's... Uh, I don't know. Because no, no, I don't think anyone really was that good in it. Okay. Well, you've just said that you thought that Sabretooth was the best. Okay, yeah, let's give it him! Sabretooth. Sabretooth's got it. Fuck yeah. What forms his medal going to take? Um, uh, um, like rubbish long fingernails, hugging a pair of glasses. Okay. Done. Then that's a crossover, Sabretooth, and he had funny glasses in this, didn't he? Yes, he did. Right. Fucking hell, that was difficult. Right. How would you pronounce his name? I would say it's Liev or Liev. Yeah, Liev. Yeah. Like Kiev, his but Liev. His last name is Schreiber? Schreiber? Schreiber. Yeah, Schreiber. Let's do that. You say Schreiber. I say Schreiber. I say Virginia. You say... Venus. <laughs> Close enough. Should do some Madhouse rating system type <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell, yeah. The Madhouse rating. These motherfucking podcasters on the plane. It's the Madhouse rating system. That was a unexpected film reference for this. <laughs> Have you seen that film? Snakes on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Is it, it's better than this. Yeah. So Shit much concept better. written better. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Right. Before we move on to right. our first section, Jimmy. Can fall down. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna save the pineapple to last because I I quite like a pina colada, so I'm gonna have that as my celebratory ah. number six. I say celebratory. Celebr- is that when you don't have sex? Celebratory. Well, yeah. Not after six of those, you know. Your willy's gonna be floppy. <laughs> is a celebratory kind of just floppy? A tree that's floppy on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bush, roots. Right, so I'm, Seaweed. I'm now on passion fruit martini. Tastes like a passion fruit. If WKD did passion fruit, that's what that is. All oh, right, the classy WKD. Yeah. Right, so what's our first section? I believe it's tension and suspense. It has a, a fair few moments where obviously time is short and they have to escape danger or they're running out of air. So that's used two or three times in this film, I think. However, most of the film's yeah. 
tension comes from the sense of the unknown. The moments of something approaching the ship that can only be seen on sonar. There is added suspense while us and the crew are trying to figure out who is manifesting each shit-inducing horror into the ship. But I didn't feel that much tension and suspense in this film, mostly boredom. 100%. I was just about to say that. I didn't... Like, you can watch other films and you feel tense Mm -hmm. and you feel like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. But for this, it was just like, no, I'm bored. When when is it going to end? Felt like they were jumping from one bit to another, bullet pointing off the things. Yeah, I do enjoy how they did it in like the chapters. Like you had the deep and the the, the bit. Do you know what I mean? When it came up on the on the screen. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it all seemed very cut off. Yeah. But there wasn't any tension. It was it was boring. It was like fucking come on. When's this going to end? Yeah, you could see where they were trying, but you could yeah. feel them failing. Yeah, they failed massively. It's a zero. It's a big zero for me on that one. Yep. Okay. Um, I think next is uh, gore and visual effects. Most of the visual effects are pretty good. Uh, the dead bodies in cracked diving suits, uh, such as Queen Latifah, looking very gross. Yeah. Like a dead body in pressured water, although I don't think quite. I don't know. I've never seen a dead body a thousand feet down in water, but I don't think they looked very intact. The jellyfish attack on Queen Latifah used puppets, CGI, and real footage of jellyfish from a nearby aquarium. Uh, and nice. that real footage was sped up to add a ferocity to the, the jellyfish, which is pretty cool. I like it when a combination of techniques is used, like rather than relying on one technique as a crutch for an effect. So that's a nice little fact. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, so I don't think the film looked bad that sphere probably looked pretty good for 1998 the actual sphere i think did look really really good that's fine okay the jellyfish yeah and all the other sort of bits like the massive fin of the spacecraft when they went into the water yeah it all kind of looks fine but then they run out of budget at the end when the sphere come out of the water and shot into space because that was dog shit. Yeah, was that a golf ball on a string or something? It was someone. It was someone hitting a Ferrero Rocher <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was bollocks. You know the the sea snake that features yeah. a couple of times was designed apparently by Joseph Hahn, the DJ, in a little ensemble you may have heard of called Linkin Park. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's kind of interesting. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's Don't relevant like for Gorn yeah, Visual Effects. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, what would you give it for Gorn Visual Effects? Not a lot. I'm saying I'd give it a half, because I think the end let it down. I agree with a half. So, uh, yeah, yeah. let's just move on. Um, next up is performance. Of course it is. A few of the scenes were actually improvised, such as Norman admitting he fluffed up his report about alien contact, as well as a few other scenes, and they should not have been improvised because the scenes were about as fun to sit through as a hot spike up the arse. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, that was difficult. The acting was terrible. The wording was terrible. Dustin Hoffman was, like, mumbling 
that's Dustin Hoffman being Dustin Hoffman. And that was absolutely terrible. It's like, I can't hear a fucking word he's saying. Yeah. It's weird. Some performances were a bit better. Sharon Stone was a bit better, despite the disadvantage of an award-winningly bad haircut. <laughs> and Dusty Boy could have had a few good moments, but I think he spat his chances into the salty ocean. Jerry was good. The uh, Jerry? Yeah, Jerry was good. He managed to show more emotion through some text on a screen than Samuel L. Jackson did through the whole film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did enjoy. I did enjoy the bit where it goes, "I'm not Jerry, I'm Harry." Yeah, he got. Like, I like that bit. Very annoyed for an alien who was saying, I-, "I want to be friendly and play." Don't call me Jerry. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was it was Samuel L. Jackson, and they got the he got the he got the fucking code wrong, didn't he? And his name was actually Harry because yeah, yeah. it's Harry. Mm. I quite like. Good. The idea that there is an entity out there that when you get the name wrong, usually if someone calls you the wrong name for a little bit, it's too late to correct them. Yeah, and that's it for life now. Yeah, Harry didn't have that problem. He was like, stop f***ing calling me Jerry. Dick. Well, Sam Jackson, it. I'm going no points. Excellent. Right. A hard no. What's next? We're on half a point out of three now. Now we're on to the musical point. score and sound effects. It was right. It was good as far as sound effects. Sound sound effects. As far as musical scores go, it won an award from people who actually know what they're talking about. So who am I to argue? Um, I liked yeah. it. It added some atmosphere to the film. If it was going to get yeah. a point for any of these things, it would probably be musical score and sound effects. Hundred percent. I think that deserves one point. Well, that was nice and easy. Yeah. There you go. Right. The overall experience. I think we know where this is going. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Some bits were okay. It's like I enjoyed some bits, but I didn't. I shouldn't have enjoyed some bits. <laughs> Overall, the film was crap. Um, it it was a like a big bag of putrid farts. But every so often, it's like smelling your own farts. I guess it's not a great smell. You wear it, it's not, but you kind of dig that bit anyway. Yeah. But overall, it was like smelling someone else's farts. Don't, yeah. I don't know why I came Dirty. when I'm talking about farts, but there we go, if that's an analogy. Yeah, nice. I think it could have really been a good film. Like It's got a really good story. Not read the book, like we said, but I'm sure the book is a thousand times better than this. And maybe it was done because it was on the back of like Jurassic Park and Lost World. They were massive hits. Jurassic Park was like 94. Yeah, when Lost World come out, maybe ninety six. So this came out ninety eight. It was like we'll do another one of these guys' books, but then this whoever directed, produced it, whatever, fucked it up. Was this book written before Jurassic Park or after Jurassic Park? Because it has the feel of them delving into the back catalogue of someone who's doing well at the moment. No, I don't know actually. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should look into that. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, so we're we saying uh, I'm not giving it a point because it's boring. I think uh, one and a half out of five. Yeah. Probably being a bit generous, but we'll leave it there. Well, I think one for the sound, half for the uh, visual effects, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's good enough. Yeah. Well, there you go, one and a half. Also, I'd just like to point out, because Samuel Jackson's in this film, 
I've got a very interesting game you might like to play okay. and people listening that might like to play. So I do this thing. I haven't done it for a while, but I do this thing is that I like to tell Natalie a fact about something, interesting fact about something that I've completely made up. It's a complete lie and it's complete utter bullshit. <laughs> so weird because I do the same with Sam. But- <laughs> You've got to do it. I've met a couple of people and I've told them this and they've done it as well. It's funny. Yeah. And just something so convincing. You've got to be so convincing about it. So one time, I, a couple, few years ago, I, t- I said, we were watching a Samuel L. Jackson film. And I said, she was like, Samuel L. Jackson's in so many films. And I went, yeah, he is. Um, do you know why? It's because he wants to be in the most films in the entire world. <laughs> he will take on any film role even if it's uncredited. So he is in films that you don't know he's in because it's uncredited because he wants to be in the most films ever. Wow. Sounds believable. 100%. That's where you've got to be. You've got to make it believable. And it's bullshit. Do you always admit afterwards that it was bullshit? No. Oh, I do. So I like to forget. I like to forget about it, plant that seed, <laughs> and then she went around and told everybody at work <laughs> this fact. And she tells everybody she met about this fact. And then <laughs> two years, two years after this, it came out. And I went, oh, no, that was bullshit. I was just lying to you. And she went, I told literally everybody I've met this fact. And I was like, no, it's not a fact. It's just bullshit. Wow. No, I always tell Sam that I, I, I did it. I always feel guilty. I do it because I think it's hilarious. And then uh, and she'll believe it. And I go... That wasn't true. No, you've got to, you've got to keep it going for as long as you can. It's the best, and then forget about it, and then it comes up, and then you, it's even better because the payoff after two or three years is intense. <laughs> it's so fun. Are you two really married, or was that all a sham? <laughs> no, no, no. She's no. Apparently, no. we are married. Oh, before we move on to the IMDb challenge. Yeah. Oh, here you go, last one. Can five is down. We're on to Malibu pineapple sparkling mixed drink with white rum, coconut, and pineapple flavors. No, this one sounds not about that. I'm feeling like drunk now. Don't like Malibu. I don't like pineapple. I don't like Malibu. I like pineapple though. And coconut. Right, we're going to do the IMDb challenge now. I've got my Malibu and pineapple open. Uh, it's uh, Hang on, I'll do the... I've got to review it. It tastes like a pina colada. Right. <clears throat> oh, God. Right, let's do this. Right, this better be a good one, because this one was a shambles, and it was the sphere, and it was one and a half out of stars, which was terrible. One and a half out of stars, one and a half out of five stars, which is terrible. Yeah. It's down there, but sorry, it's down there below 47 metres down, which was two stars. Yeah, well... So our current leader <laughs> is Creature from the Black Green, four stars. Yeah, and uh, I haven't watched this film with Chosen, but I have watched a lengthy trailer. <laughs> okay, lengthy trailer, okay. Uh, and I've looked at you know, the online consensus about whether this was a good film, they seem to think it's a good film. 
right. And I went for the safe route last time with Creature from the Black Lagoon. That was always going to be a good review, good score. We had one under the belt that was good at least. So, so I've at least tried to pick something out of left field like you have. Uh, right. Even if they've both been a bit crap. <laughs> so I'm going for something here. It's not a classic, but here's the description. Okay. Oh, it's not a classic. No, it's fairly new, actually. Okay. A young woman, while trying to save her father from a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. Crawl? Yes. This is a f***ing great how, film! How you get every f***ing f***ing shitting bastard in one and it's uh, one f***ing sentence and you're f***ing out, it's crawl, you dick. I let you read the whole thing! I know you did and I could tell you were f***ing sitting there waiting to go, I know what it is, sir! Pick me! Pick me! I know the answer! Good film though, f***ing good film, man. I like it. Different as well, not sharks. It's not at sea, it's uh, it's still watery based, still mo- nice and moist. No, it's good. This, this is a good film. Right, we're done. Our next film is Crawl. And after that, it's probably going to be Jaws, but we, don't, we haven't actually decided yet. Might be Jaws, but it's probably going to be Jaws. <laughs> it could be another film called Jaws. It's exactly the same as Jaws. Could be a sharp based film, but it's definitely going to be Jaws. Or maybe <laughs> Jaws. I think it's going to be a beach based film. With a yeah, definitely. Mm. Thank you for listening to the Manhouse Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And please send your own underwater horror stories to I just want to be nice friends at Drinking. <laughs> Try it. Uh.